Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4, and then we're going to move over to 2 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 4, the Apostle Peter is writing to believers who were going through persecution. And in 1 Peter 4.12, he says this, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Now look over in 2 Peter chapter 1. He's writing again to remind them of some key things. And he says, 2 Peter 1 beginning in verse 16. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And we have the words of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man that men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is God's Word. I want to talk to you today about singing in the dark. Singing in a dark place. As I was praying about the message for this morning, I was thinking about the fact that our circumstances really vary. Okay? Sometimes things are going great. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's really hard. It can be very difficult. And sometimes, even when our circumstances are not so bad, we get in a dark place on the inside. 
there are a whole lot of people who struggle with just a weight of darkness. It's like they, they walk around under a cloud, and it's discouraging because they, they want to feel better, but it's just hard. What do you do when you're in a situation like that? Well, I want to suggest to you that the Bible tells us what we ought to do. It doesn't say, I don't know, good luck. Good luck with that. The Bible tells us that we should rejoice. But I don't feel good. I thought we've established that. Uh, my circumstances are not good. I don't want to be phony. Okay. Then don't pretend. Just do what God says and rejoice. You're, you're telling me when I feel bad, I'm supposed to feel good. No, I'm not talking about how you feel. I'm talking about what you're supposed to do. Rejoice in the Lord always. We'll come back to that scripture. In Jonah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Jonah 2, 1 through 10. From the inside of the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, and what follows is a song. It's a song that's drawn from the scriptures, from the Psalms. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. The seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Would you say Jonah was in a dark place? He was inside a great big fish, okay? What was in there with Jonah? Whatever else was decaying and being digested by the fish. Ugh. Well, don't worry. He's going to get to land on the beach in a carpet of vomit. Oh! But for Jonah, that was deliverance. It was an improvement. He landed on the beach. Praise the Lord! But he didn't wait till he landed on the beach to praise the Lord. He was praising the Lord inside the belly of the great fish. And it says he prayed, but what follows is a song. He sang. That's how he prayed. When you're going through a really, really dark time, pray to the Lord and sing. That's exactly what Paul and Silas were doing. 
when they were in Philippi. They had been unjustly arrested and beaten and imprisoned. And they're in the innermost cell, the darkest, dankest part of the prison. I mean, it was horrible. And so what did they do? Acts chapter, two, Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. What were they singing? They were singing praises to God. Hymns praising Him. Folks, our songs can reflect how we feel. The Psalms do that. But our songs have to be shaped by what God has already revealed in His Word. Because circumstances change. How many of you have ever had a day that was going really well and then all of a sudden, it got wiped out? Anybody? Yeah. How many of you have ever had a day that was going really terribly and then, boom, something wonderful happened? Absolutely. Our circumstances change. You know what tends to also change? Our feelings. Some people are more low. Some people are more high. But everybody has ups and downs. You know what doesn't change? God and His Word. God's Word remains forever. Heaven and earth will pass away. But the Word of the Lord abides forever. That's why we keep going back day after day after day after day after day and feeding on the Word of God. Because this grounds us. This has to shape the way that we look at the world. This has to shape the way that we look at ourselves. This has to shape what we believe about God. This has to shape what we're going to do. We have to behave based on the truth that God has revealed in His Word. And so we come to God's Word and we say, Lord, teach me, change me, shape me. Use your word to change me from the inside out. In Psalm 145, we read, One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. God is pleased when we share his love with the future generations. One meaningful way you can share Yahweh to the next generation is by leaving a gift in your will to Wares Valley Ranch. The ranch is home and school to children from all over the country who need a safe haven. Please pray about how you might help support these kids and consider joining Legacy 145. Legacy 145 is a growing group of people, people who see this as a meaningful way to thank God for all they have been blessed with. You can learn more about it by going to wvr.org and click on the link for Legacy 145. Again, find the link for Legacy 145 on our website at wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is
Now, sometimes our songs are coming from a dark place because we messed up. That was the case with Jonah. Jonah had been told by God, do this. And Jonah went in the opposite direction. He did not like what God said, and so he just decided he wasn't going to cooperate. It wasn't that he didn't know what he was supposed to do. He knew exactly what he was supposed to do, and he said, no. Jonah was supposed to go to Nineveh. Instead, he goes down and hops on a ship going in the other direction. But it turns out God is in charge not only of the whole planet, but of the entire universe, because he created the whole thing. And if you think that the universe is a big place, realize that God created it, all right? God is infinite. He is infinite, including his wisdom and his power. And so the idea that somehow you're going to get away from him, the psalmist talks about that. That's one of the songs where he says, you know, if I ascend into the heavens, you're there. If I go down to the depths, you're there. There's no place I can get away from you. Bingo. Realize that. You're not going to outrun God. So quit running from him. Start running toward him. And you will find that he greets you with open arms. Jonah, on that ship, trying to get away from God, God sends a storm. And it is a powerful storm. And the sailors who did this for a living were terrified. Absolutely terrified. They'd never seen anything like it. The worst storm they'd ever been in. And they try to figure out what is going on. And Jonah says, it's me. This is my fault. And so he says to the sailors, you better just throw me overboard because I don't want to ruin your life because of my sin. Just throw me overboard. And so they pray and they say, Lord, please don't hold us accountable for this man's death. And they throw him in the water. And Jonah takes out for sure. No. <laughs> Jonah can't swim. And I love Jonah's description of what's happening. He says, the water was coming over me, and I sank down to where the seaweed was in my hair, and then the bottom made it so I couldn't go any further. Have you ever hit bottom? I know people who have. And I'm not just talking about physically out in the ocean. I'm talking about in life with addiction problems, with all kinds of other relationship problems. Sometimes you're sinking, 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 and you come to a point where it's not possible to go any lower. That's where Jonah was. And so for Jonah, getting picked up by a giant fish that God had prepared was actually a, a gift. All right? So he's in the belly of the great fish. Pastor Wood, you're 
treating this as if it's something that actually happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's just kind of a, a you know, kind of a make-believe story, isn't it? No. Nope. No. It's not presented as a make-believe story in the Old Testament or the New. Jonah was a real man who tried to run away from God because he didn't want to preach in Nineveh. And God prepared a storm, and God prepared a great fish. And that great fish swallowed Jonah. Well, I don't, I don't, I've seen, I know there, there are fish that are big enough to swallow a man. In fact, there was a catfish once at Lake Lanier. This was a special fish. It doesn't say in the text that, and as happens from time to time, a man was swallowed by a fish and lived inside for three days and then was spit up on dry land. That's not what it says. It says this was a divine intervention. God did this. And so you've got a giant fish prepared by God for the purpose of swallowing Jonah and preserving his life. And during the three days that he was inside the fish, it occurred to Jonah, I need to start praising God because I'm still alive. When you're in a dark place because you messed up, instead of saying, help, it's dark in here, try saying, thank God I'm still alive. Thank you, God, that you're in control. Dear God, I worship you. That's what Jonah did. He relied upon scriptures that he knew, and he used them to craft a song of praise to God. That's singing in a dark place. Rejoice that you have not been destroyed. Rejoice that God is merciful. Okay, I mean, I can see rejoicing because God's merciful and he spared me and that's, that's you know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I got that. That's one of my favorite songs. But what about when I'm in a dark place because I didn't try to run away from God? I'm in a dark place because I did what God said. Does that happen? Absolutely. That's what Peter is writing to the believers about. They are suffering for doing the right thing. You remember Joseph in the Old Testament? Who faced temptation day after day after day, and finally his boss's wife grabs him because her efforts at seduction had not been successful. And when she does, Joseph still refuses to give in, and he runs out of the place, leaving his outer garment in, his, in her hands. So she accuses him falsely of rape, and he goes to prison. Well, that doesn't seem fair. It's not fair. Well, why would God let that happen? Because it was actually part of Joseph's preparation for what God wanted him to do. So you're saying that if I do the right thing, I can end up suffering for it? Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. Jesus said, they're going to treat you the way they treated me. So you can expect suffering if you're going to follow Jesus. Well, I don't like that. Well, I don't either. But guess what? We're not in charge of the universe. And God knows what he's doing. I would rather suffer for doing what is right than to suffer for doing what is wrong. That's what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4. You shouldn't be suffering for doing bad stuff because you shouldn't be doing bad stuff. Instead, when you suffer for doing the right thing, rejoice. Give thanks to God. Why? Because our rejoicing is grounded in the truthfulness of God's word. We have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. And so he says, so you must understand God's word is true. If you're going to stand through hardship, if when you do the right thing and you have to pay a high price, you're going to keep rejoicing, it's going to be because you know that God's word is true. So, in Philippians, Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Paul was writing that to the Philippians because it was in Philippi that he and Silas were in that innermost cell. And God got them out of that and gave them the opportunity to lead the jailer to the Lord and his family. Folks, we don't know always why we're going through what we're going through. But regardless of whether we're suffering because we've done wrong or suffering because we've done right, we need to rejoice. We don't have to feel good. We've got to do what God says, which is to give him praise because he's worthy. And that doesn't change. And the fact is, it lifts us out of that funk. There's light in the darkness for those who are meditating on God's word. When you're going through a dark time, when you are in a dark place, Jesus says if they persecute you for righteousness, rejoice. That's the way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. James says, count it all joy when you go through difficulties of various kinds, knowing that God is using that in order to make you stronger. So rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. That's God's call for all of us. And if you say, well, Pastor Wood, since I became a Christian, I really haven't had any dark times. I would say to you, you are nine years old and you've been a Christian for three weeks. Give it some time. Okay? But if you're saying, Pastor Wood, please tell me that this entire life's journey 
is not going to be one dark time after another. I would say to you, I believe there will be days when the sun comes out and you find joy not only in the Lord, but in some of the blessings that he puts in your life. I want you to learn to sing, even in a dark place. Change your view. Change your focus. Look at God's word. Believe his promises. And regardless of what you're feeling, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.